0: Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org. I, of course, am your host and the commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, and that is all of you out there, the common man living his life day to day, trying to make it through this crazy, bizarre world that we are in. And I'm joined today by an incredible guest, the author of Nehemiah Strong. So John Diceland, a guy who uh, I have talked about, I was privileged to get a advanced copy of Nehemiah Strong and it is in production now. It is an incredible book and um, I was able to read it and digest it before headed out to uh, for being heading before heading out, there we go, get it out, Uh, before (laughs) heading out to Washington State for the classes out there, and uh, got a little bit of spare time and was able to write a very short, uh, undeservingly short, by the way, It, it deserves way, way more than, um, I, I can offer it because it's a very important book. However, with that said, Mr. John Dyson, it's great to have you, brother.
1: Hey, brother. Great to be on with you. And hey, I just got to fix something up front. It's uh, you are sizzling with John Disland today. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've, I've had you in class. A handful
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, you you never had much reason to say my last name, so now that we're now that we're on the subject, let's let's sizzle Dizzle, in with this.
0: God, sizzling, good man. But um, good. you know, Nehemiah Strong. Yes, sir. I I would say, as I said in my review of the book, that you are without a doubt one of uh, the handful of people I know that truly walks by their faith and that that is something that when you when you meet those people and it's a very unique thing. When you meet those people, you instantly know that that this is a very spiritual person. They're walking on the path with the Lord. They're 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 walking in in a righteous manner. I've met a lot of pastors, a lot of priests, a, a lot of clergy, and a lot of laity over the years. Who you know they talk the talk, but you don't necessarily get that. You don't get the feeling of that oneness, that closeness, uh, that that necessarily you you might expect. Um, but it is something that is intangible, and and it's one of those things that that when the faithful feel it, they feel it, and mm-hmm. they know. It. And you are one of those people, without a doubt. And I knew that uh, from from the time that I met you that you you know you ducked to come into the house because. <laughs> You got some nephilim somewhere in there, <laughs> yeah. huge. Um, but um, you know, and I say that obviously the most respectful manner. Uh, you know, of course, you you know who put me up to saying that uh, when, when <laughs> on the air. I uh, do. But the story, the story of Nehemiah. Talk us through the story of Nehemiah and really. Um, your impetus for writing this book and, and personally what it means for you. Okay. Um, and
1: in answering that, I'm going to respond to what you just said about, about having a faithful walk with the Lord and, and sort of degree of authenticity of one man's, you know, walk with the Lord versus another, um, and I'm reminded of a scripture where it says that he who is forgiven much loves much. And, um, you know, for me, uh, I I grew up, you know, as, as a toddler, I was in church. And um, funny story, I, when I was three years old, I was sitting in the front pew and the preacher was, you know, waxing long and trying to make some big point, And he said, he said, uh, he was making a point about the rock of Jesus and our sure foundation. And he said something like, you know, what is for, uh, after all, what is stronger than rock? And this, uh, then little three-year-old boy jumped up and he said, I know it's stronger than rock steel is stronger than rock. <laughs> so, so I got an auspicious beginning there with engaging with, uh, with preachers. But, um, I, you know so, so i i tell that story and i talk about growing up in the church to say that for the longest time and i mean decades and decades i knew what the truth was i just you know sin is fun and um and you know i i found a way to live a hypocritical life for decades and it was only about 8 years ago that that god really convicted me and sort of brought me to the point you know a a crossroads in my life where i was either going to stop mocking him and fooling around with my faith or i think he was just gonna let go of me and um and he did that in, in a pretty powerful way and um and it was that conviction of of, of recognizing, hearing my voice among the, the, the mockers at the cross, if you will, um, by the way I'd been living, you know, so I was a cleaned up Sunday Christian, and the rest of the week I was, I was what I wanted to be, you know, I, I, I let him have the, have the, the throne of my heart one day a week, and, um, and he will not be mocked, <laughs> and uh, it was, it was through a series of Convicting events and a season of conviction that um, I realized that you know over years and years of my fooling around, he had been serious with me and long suffering, as it says in the in the King James, he'd been long suffering towards me, and he'd had enough. and um, And I thank God that he was so patient with me, and um, but that he also convicted me and, and made it clear to me that. I was in the midst of making a choice, and i was I was the hypocrite that Jesus talked about in parables and um you know when you when you sort of have your face <laughs> shoved into that hard truth of your life and where you know you think you're a pretty good man and you're not um it's uh i mean either you'll you know make peace with the devil or you'll make peace with god and I, I chose to make peace with God. So that's kind of that's the foundation for me of of where this went. Um so back to the the the, the question at hand in terms of Nehemiah. Uh you know, Nehemiah is a book in the Bible <laughs> and it, it doesn't get a ton of airtime, and you know, it's sort of wedged in between a bunch of other bigger, more Uh, noted books like Psalms and Isaiah and, and all that. But um, Nehemiah was a godly man. He loved the Lord. He, he was living in Babylon. So this is, this is at the end of the judgment period of the Israelites because they had turned away from God for basically half a millennium. And so Babylon was allowed to overrun, uh, judah finally which was the last surviving of the two kingdoms in 586 bc nebuchadnezzar dragged a bunch of israelites in back to babylon that's where daniel got to have his ministry and his prophetic experience with the lord recorded in the book of daniel and then so at the end of that was um, was the time frame for nehemiah and so nehemiah was a servant directly to the king and through a really miraculous engagement between the king and Nehemiah. Um, the king was moved to bless um, bless Nehemiah and the Israelites, and, and Nehemiah was appointed as the leader of the people, this remnant of Israelites who uh, returned to Israel, returned to Jerusalem. And uh, so what made it so compelling to me, Scout, for using it as the name of the book was, Picture in your mind, you know, you've got these not rich people coming out from enslavement and and being in oppression in Babylon. Uh, At that point, it became Medo-Persia, but, you know, kind of same same song, second verse and coming back to a ruined, desolate, um, broken down city of Jerusalem. You know, the, the apple of God's eye, this 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 precious city to God it's all run down. It's, it's, you know, it's got animals living in what used to be homes. It's, it's the walls are torn down and they come back uh, under the leadership of Nehemiah, who was walking in godly faith to the Lord. And they come back and they they armor up, they suck it up and they go to work rebuilding um, the, the walls of the city, rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple to God. And so um, what I and and there's just a famous verse in there that um, that speaks, Scout, about how Nehemiah had the people um, with effectively a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. So in one respect, they are rebuilding the walls of the city. But as they are rebuilding, they have their the sword on their side and they are clearly watchful for what the enemy might do to come against them, and it really has a miraculous outcome where in 52 days, which was just extraordinary, miraculous, truly miraculous, they fully rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, and there's this this fantastic verse, I think it's in uh, Nehemiah 6, that basically says, the 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 heathen around the Israelites who were hating them and resenting their rebuilding the walls, they they became discouraged because they knew that God was in the building, and I think uh, which is why I talk so much about your your spiritual life and walking with the Lord, armor of God, things like that in the book. Um, if we if this remnant of true believers in this season does it with God, walking with God, pressing into our faith and our relationship with God as we armor up and, and get prepared for what's coming and what's already here, God is going to bless that effort. And I think we'll have a repeat of Nehemiah where the heathen around us will get discouraged because they'll know that God's in it.
0: Amen. Amen. I, I You know, there, there's so many parallels there that can be drawn to today and and it's a really intense thing uh us as christians us as the faithful we we go day to day trying to make sense of the world uh because it it seems like with er everything that we see the the uh you know just this weekend we had we had senseless murders Mm. absolute senseless uh you know a, a mass shooting and uh of course i have a lot of thoughts on that uh, but at the end of the day you know the, the victims there are are really the ones that that we need to be focused on and there there's there's so much wickedness that we can point to as the culprit but there's also wickedness in the response that we've seen which is is highly disappointing when uh, as other people in the media have pointed out um you know the 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 lack of response in, in Waukesha, wakashia where, where there was a uh, a mass killing and and unfortunately children were dying and it was of course racially motivated and you know now we have uh, a a very similar set of circumstances in Buffalo, New York, where the roles are reversed and, and we see it, a duplicitous message there. And it's very, very unfortunate. And it's very sad as you know, America, it's important to understand was founded as a Christian nation through, through tolerance, through that respect. And, and, you know, we've, we've had our issues, but we've always had a return. We've always had a humbling. We've always, when when faced with crisis, have have come together as a nation, and we've refound those Christian roots. And you know, what do you see on the horizon with that? Saying, what is it going to take for Americans to to wake up and revisit those roots? Because as you and I have talked about in person numerous times, uh, you know, and, and along with our, our good friend that was kind of the, the conduit for us meeting uh, Bob Griswold over at Ready-Made Resources, preparedness is not simply having stuff. Preparedness is not simply being worldly. It's spiritual, and it has to begin with that spirituality, that that it's not doomsday. It's not this impending doom, but rather it's a humble acceptance that we must prepare for things that are not necessarily of this world, being ready for those trials and tribulations, being ready for those hard times. And and we have to keep being brought back. What do you see on the horizon as, as what's going to be the thing that the next humbling, the next thing that brings Americans back?
1: Wow, that's a big question.
0: <laughs> uh, I see,
1: you know, a- after the walk I've I've been on, uh, Scout, and you you understand it enough to know my worldview runs through Scripture, and um, I what I see are birth pangs, and and for those for those of you on here who have experienced those birth pangs firsthand, you know what they're like. They are they come with increasing uh, Pace, so so the time between them gets shorter and shorter, and they come with increasing sharpness, so they get worse and worse. And in scripture, repeatedly, whether it's Jesus or uh, I believe Paul, they speak of birth pangs, and and anyone who's, who's witnessed them or experienced them knows what that means. It's shorter and it's sharper. And I think whether those uh, birth pangs or you know tribulations. Um, Whatever flavor they take, they're going to come faster and they're going to come harder. And I think we can see, you know, and, and you see this too, Scout, and I know your listeners do because they're switched on. Uh, what I perceive is full spectrum asymmetrical uh, warfare against the people. And, and that's what's so um, disconcerting about it is, you know, just just when you think things might settle down. You find out there's no, there's hardly any stock of diesel on the East Coast. And then when you just get your mind wrapped around that, you find out that the price of eggs have doubled. And then when you find out about that, then the the baby formula is gone. So it's it's from every direction. And it's um and it's gonna get worse. And and then of course the troubling overlay to that, and I know you have eyes to see this scout, is um it would be a mistake for any of us to believe that this mass shooting over the weekend was just kind of this random thing. Like whether that person was uh, directly wound up through an MK Ultra style program, or whether they got wound up just by being, you know, a troubled, lost youth in this, you know, dystopian society were, were living through and, and sort of got wound up in sort of a generalized way. Either way, the enemy got a, what I think, I mean, is a ritual sacrifice, right? I mean, the shedding of innocent blood is, uh, abhorrent to God and it is a delight to the enemy. And when I say the enemy, I mean, Satan and his minions. And, uh, so So, that overlay of kinetic murder trying to set us against each other, right It's so obvious when, once you've once you've got the 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 battlefield illuminated, trying to set black against white create race wars and in fact, Jesus even spoke about it. He said, you know nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom well nation that word is ethnos, and I think if The translators of the King James had understood, you know, in 400 years, there'd be this nation. that was this melting pot of these different cultures. They might have translated it differently where it's ethnicity against ethnicity. And we can see the enemy sparking that. So, you know, to sum up my answer, Scout, I'd say we have to have our head on a swivel. We have to be of that warrior mindset that you hinted at a moment ago um, where we're ready for anything. You know, we shouldn't be surprised by anything. And as much as feasible, given our budgets, given our time, given that, you know, we're not we're trying not to freak our kids out, uh, depending on if you've got, you know, kids of, of, you know, teenage or below. Um, we, we it's it's godly and it's right to be prepared to be ready, um, like Nehemiah. And the the Israelites were when they came back with that sword on your hip but but i then I would add to that um scout that it, it's most important to be ready emotionally in your spirit and through frankly through your walk with God and his son Jesus Christ. that's got to be right, or nothing else matters
0: amen now that that's an incredible answer um and and one that uh, that I think a lot of people need to hear. I think that they need to hear it regularly. it It's something that we need to be revisiting over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it, and mm-hmm. it, 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 but it, its it, it is deeply concerning to see the culmination of these factors you know we're faced with great cataclysm in this country. i mean the 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 diesel shortage that you mentioned, uh, <clears throat> you know the the results of the baby formula shortage to, to those who who don't have small children or are not familiar with this, uh, it's, it's very easy to dismiss this, you know, and, uh, being a, being a parent myself and, and I know you are, we're we're intimately familiar with the challenges of, of parenthood, especially early childhood parenthood where, you know, it, it is very difficult individually to prepare for all circumstances, you know. So when we see things like baby formula shortages, it it is both a shock but also leads to more questions. And, and for those out there who don't have kids and you might be dismissive of these things. I've seen some media figures out there, uh, Bette Midler uh, being one of them, you know, coming from her ivory tower, uh, Bette Midler hasn't been relevant in decades, but you know, she, she lives in this Hollywood elite ivory tower up there where she can just pontificate to all of us, uh, her edicts on life. But these, you know, I mean, but these people are, are so wicked, but it should be very important to them because these are all cracks in the dam. And so while something like a baby formula shortage may seem insignificant to those who do not have kids, it is extremely significant To everyone, because this is a micro fracture in a dam. This is a warning sign. And just because this does not affect you does not mean that other things on the horizon that are secondary and tertiary effects of this shortage are not going to affect you as well the diesel shortage, this is going to be a crisis and it's going to be a crisis. It's going to hit us very, very soon, very quickly. Uh, just before we got on the air, just before I got on the air with you, I was, uh, on the phone with a, a local service provider, uh, who were, is heavily reliant on elements of the fuel industry. And, um, so we, we were talking about some maintenance and, and getting some stuff done and um, discussing that right before we came on the air. And he told me right before I got off the, off the phone with him, he said, you know, I'm going to have to go up on some of my labor costs because I can't afford to come to work. I literally cannot afford, based on the fuel cost and the projected fuel costs, I can't afford to do what I'm doing at the rate that I'm doing it. And, I, you know, I'm not going to argue with that because I've been doing business with this guy for years. Right. But the thing is, is that if this is going to happen. He's being honest with me. He's not trying to rip me off or, hey, you know, everybody's in a crisis. I'm going to make a buck. It's none of that, man. It's because people are seeing now that they in order to make money, especially for an entrepreneur out there, in order to make money. They have to go up on their costs of things. They're going to have to do it to offset the fuel costs, their expenditures to the consumer. I mean, we we've already seen the warning signs with the CPI. And I know, you know, you you know, a lot about the financial sector. What what we're seeing now, the the risk of hyperinflation is there. It it, for everybody who is dismissal of this issue leading up to now. Yeah. You know, oh, ah. well, you know, those crazy preppers, they talk about that hyperinflation stuff. And, you know, that that fringe economist and that guy and this guy and whoever. Now it's a real thing. Now it's actually being discussed now. And, and I'm predicting now that in 30 days time, hyperinflation is going to be a very real conversation that people are having. And this diesel crunch, you know, the, the fact that, that we the East Coast might run out of diesel. Well, where are your shipped goods going to go? You know, <laughs> what's what, 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 what gas going to come guess? from?
1: Where's your food going to come
0: from? Right. Right.
1: I mean, the, 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 there's the thing in anybody's house, any physical item they can put their hands on that wasn't on a truck.
0: Exactly. Exactly. The, the gas that is in the pump. Okay, the gas that is in the tank at the pump, how is it brought there? It's brought yep. there by a diesel truck.
1: Yeah, and yeah. if that last mile, I mean, maybe the first 3,000 miles were pipes and ships, but that last mile, if you can't get it the last mile, no. buddy, you're in trouble.
0: You no, know, we're we're in a lot of trouble. And and so, you know, tying this all back to Nima Strong, we're, we're seeing the cracks in the dam. We're seeing the enemies at the gates. They're there. Okay, they're there, and and it's not just a tangible enemy; it's the intangible enemy. It's it's the short sightedness that the Judeans had for so many millennia, right? Mm-hmm. Or or so many yeah. so many hundreds of years rather, so many centuries uh, going on a millennia, where they they got away from the Lord, they got away from the covenant, they got away from their faith, and embraced worldliness and what happened they had to have a humbling they had to have a return to to the faith they had to have a a uh a reckoning and a humbling but the lord would use the vehicle in nehemiah to bring that about and that brings me to the book that brings me to the book oh yeah I I've, 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 so- just, I've forgotten till just
1: now <laughs> It only took two years that I, I forgot about those two years.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, talk us through real quick the, the impetus for writing the book. I, I mean, we, we've already established, you know, the name, which I, I think is just poetic and, and wonderful on so many levels. But the impetus for writing this book, because you have so much material in there. And it, this is not a book. By the way, folks, for, for the listeners, this, Nehemiah Strong is not a book that you're going to read in a conventional sense. This is a manual. This is a th- this is a manual for day to day living as a Christian in times of tribulation and persecution. So, so talk us through some of the sections in the book, what you cover in there, and and how people need to be using it. Great question.
1: Well, thank you for that, and and um. I think it might be helpful to explain to people sort of how it got started. Um, there's a really uh lovely, impressive um godly woman named Celeste Solom. Are you familiar with her?
0: Yes, okay
1: and celeste uh has a unique background she has a lot of insights into the plans of the enemy because she 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 worked in the enemy camp for a number of the number of years in uh government agencies. And um, and and God brought her out of that. And now with that, with those eyes to see, she helps to um, to open the eyes of others, help people understand the intel and have eyes to see what's going on and what's coming next. And um, I was listening to her. It was right at a little more than two years ago, Scout, and almost in passing in a video that she put out. She talked about. Yeah, that's, you know, sooner or later, they're going to come to your door. And when they come to your door, it'd be really useful to have this one page, you know, uh, questionnaire to ask them. And it kind of puts them on their heels and lets them know that you're not to be trifled with. And, oh, by the way, there's some good signage. You know, you can put out constitutional signage that puts them on notice. And then she sort of went on. And uh, the, the thought of that, of, of, wow, you know, you could be prepared with questionnaire forms and with signage that could really give you the upper hand in that doorstep engagement which is what it is that it just enamored me uh that thought uh but as i dug into a little bit more god really laid it on my heart um to to really engage in that and to to chase down that you know rabbit hole and uh and so i said okay lord you know i (laughs) went through a season of you know, kicking against the goads and not wanting to do what what I felt he wanted me to do. And now it's just, I mean, how fast can I run to do it, you know, when he lays something on me? So, uh, so anyway, that, that, that doorstep engagement with uninvited public servants who have an agenda, they show up with, you know, an end game that they aren't necessarily sharing with you Um that was the impetus for the whole thing. Now, the where it wound up um, was far broader than that because <clears throat> every time, Scout, I sort of bumped into a new pressing issue pertaining to our preparedness, our wholeness, our, you know, our maintaining some semblance of quality of life and life itself as things got darker because I've, you know, I've, uh, (laughs) for better and for worse, I've acquired, I think, some uh, discernment in terms of where all this is headed and how fast it's heading there. Um, So, every time I bumped up against a new kind of issue that I felt was, um, you know, rose to the level of, of preparing God's people for, I folded it into the book. So, it started with that doorstep engagement, and there's, I mean, there's multiple sections in this book on how to own that engagement um, yep. when somebody you know shows up at your door. But there's there's far more than that in terms of breadth. So, um, but let me let me sort of back up a step to where the book. So that's that's the, the genesis of the book. Um, it's 480 pages as I as I as I added folded in all these other. Attributes and aspects and facets of of our engagement with the enemy. It it just took on kind of a full, as I saw it, a full waterfront of. This is essential for you to be prepared. You know, maybe you know some of these parts. Maybe you don't know some of these parts. The parts you don't know, that's where I can edify you. Um, But to to get to the foundation of it, scout. You know, what's funny is that um, I wrote the book for about. A year and a half, a year and four months. And then I sort of had to step away from it for a week or two, because when you when you're that close to something for that long, it's you lose perspective. I came back to it. (laughs) The the funny thing was that. uh, The the introduction was wholly inadequate, because when I wrote the introduction, I didn't realize the book I was about to write. Uh, because it just kept growing and it kept the the breadth of covering that waterfront for, you know, people who want to be edified, people want to be encouraged and people who want to be fully battle ready and, and equipped. Just, you know, my field of view kept spread, kept widening. Um, but. But it, it's really neat because I, I really feel like. God helped me along the way. And, and doesn't he do that, you know, through all our lives, um, those who are walking with him? But um, what he really led me back to was starting with the essentials, which was first, um, I would say, where you stand with him, combined with something that was really enforced with me through you, Scout, which was that warrior mindset. And so the, the first chapter, I after, it, yeah, the first chapter after the introduction was, you are in a war, whether you like it or not, whether you ask for it or not, whether you, you know, would rather it be, you know, rainbows and lollipops all day long. It, it, it is the nature of the season we're in and you have to deal with it. And if you're going to, to, uh, to thrive within it and be a victor and not a victim you have to have the heart of a warrior, you have to have the mindset of a warrior, you have to have the uh the eyes to see, you gotta have the discernment of a warrior so that you understand the battlefield you're in so that you can have victory in this season. So that that was kind of the start of it all. And I know, Scout, that's right down your alleyway.
0: Oh, it all is, a hundred percent, because you know, we, we all know. We all know those Christians, and, and you talked about it at the very beginning of the interview, who, and, and I love them to death, but, but, you know, my parents were certainly in this category. We, we all know these people who, they go to church on Sunday, Christianity is, in our faith, is a social activity, and while, you know, we, we can enjoy and cherish that aspect. Of it all, and we should, we should, because we can find great communion with one another as well. But it is not resigned to a social activity. We will be tried, and and in America we've had it way too good for way too long, and all of that—the the fruition of that frivolousness that we have had for uh, decades upon decades now. Of the you know the, the hubris of of the post Cold War era, of uh, the the extravagance that that we've had the, you know wh- where we find ourselves today, uh, you know we, we talk about the the Roaring Twenties the history books talks about the Roaring Twenties the the decadence that led up to the the stark contrast of the Great Depression. What will the history books say of the past thirty years? Where we've been in this very bizarre time of, you know, kind of limited conflict. We've certainly been at war. Uh, I spent my entire adult life at war overseas. Uh, you know, either w- with with three tours, uh, two in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, either over there actively, or when I was back during that time in between those deployments, training up right going to schools learning how to how to be better and and more effective we 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 have been we but we've been an army at war but not a nation at war you know we were a nation at war for a couple months after 911 and that was about it and then after that it turned into a talking point and then that led into uh Iraq and everything else but here at home the extravagance the elegance and the hubris that we have had, that we've exhibited, and now, of course, we find ourselves in the predicament that we're in. Very short-sighted. There's government corruption that is out of just completely out of control. Things have run amok in Ukraine. NATO is um, just expanding, you know, by leaps and bounds, and and there are certain voices. Who are in in the midst saying, wait, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, this might not be such a good idea," and those who have profiteered off of this, mm. the the uh, the warhawks, the you know, I consider them to be criminals because they're grifters, they're organized crime in in the most uh, horrible sense, because they they don't even come at you with a smile because they don't even have a face. It's just faceless kleptocracy that's running things. They're pushing us to the brink of nuclear war. So us as Christians, it, it you know, your book to me was so important for a lot of reasons, but it, it creates a grounded nature just as you pointed out, you know, dealing with people who have ulterior motives, people that are coming out of the woodwork, they tell you one thing to your face and they're really into something else in the background. And, you know, how do you build that trust? These are all questions that I get bombarded with frequently from uh, great people out there who who come out to train, but they they simply don't they don't quite get it or they at least need that voice that, that is helping them. And I think that your book is is critical in that. One of the things that that I thought was particularly important was covering privacy, because mm. as no, as we know, I mean, you you talked about uh, and and went into great detail in there how to um, email people privately, how to lead one life as a public persona, and you know lead lead sort of another one. And I, and I say sort of because they, there's caveats there, but how to lead a more private life because we're entering a time of tribulation. I mean, look at, look at the Supreme Court, uh, the early draft of the Supreme Court decision on the Roe versus Wade challenge that was leaked, and look at the, the already organized response to that, and they have specifically targeted Christianity. They came after the Catholic Church first. They came out, they said they, the, the left, the army of the wicked, and they didn't even deny it. They did not even deny any longer. They, the, the supporters of Roe versus Wade of abortion rights, they used to make all these caveats and these conditions, and they would tap dance around the fact that they're murdering children in the womb but they don't even, they're they so wicked that they do not even deny it anymore. And now what we have found is that these same people have so much power within human resources elements at every workplace, at every workplace. And so we know that, that the faithful, somebody like you or I, if, if we have an outward proclamation of our faith and we, we're not scared, we're unafraid to tell people where we stand on these things, that we're going to be targeted, but, but, and, and we know that we will, we, we accept that. But now it's trickled down to those that viewed Christianity, maybe as a social activity, or maybe, you know, well, I'm, I'm faithful, but I'm not going to run, run around. And, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily gonna, I don't feel comfortable really, uh, putting it out there for everybody, you know, and, and, and I don't ram things down people's throats either, but. Uh, but but I do let you know, as you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to let somebody know where I stand on all of this, because we have to. right? We have to. That's what we're called upon to do. It's part of being faithful. It's part of being a Christian. And so but but now what we where we are now is a time of great tribulation. A time where where Christians and totes are going to be persecuted. They're going to be pushed out. And another thing that you covered, that's a segue into what what I wanted to talk about, is you specifically go into those who refused the vaccine on religious grounds. The COVID-19 vaccine, they refused it on religious grounds, and you went step by step on exactly how to do that. Talk us through kind of your journey in including that in there. I think we all probably know why you put it in there and some of the steps, because this is still a challenge folks. COVID-19 has kind of went away for a little bit, but there's new lockdowns in China. There's all kinds of stuff going on over there. This, this is, they, and they're going to use it again. Okay. They're going to roll this stuff out again, right before the election. They, they, they're going to do it because it worked last time. They're going to do it this time. So, and 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 I think this would be an awfully convenient tool to get a lot of Christians fired in the workplace mm. just out of revenge. So, where do you see all that going? And and your impetus for uh, the religious exemptions and including that in there?
1: Yeah, great question. And uh, I, I I think. For, for most of the listeners to you, Scout, obviously, they're pretty switched on. They've, they've got a pretty well illuminated uh, battlefield terrain. Um, for those listeners who might be listening and kind of shaking their heads, thinking, you know, these nuts are talking about this coincidental, this thing that just happened. And, you know, oh, why are you fear mongering about it coming back? Listen, it is it, I just implore you to consider. It was embarrassing you know, Scout. speaking for me personally, I'm embarrassed at the ways that I fell for the con, you know, that every time I put on a mask, every time I was, you know, nervous about being around other people. And I, I think I snapped out of it pretty quick, but it still pisses me off <laughs> to think about those moments when I was, you know, all all masked up, you know, ready to go. Um, but, but you said something really prescient that it, virtually guarantees that this thing's circling back is how successful it was. It, if if something on the battlefield works massively, you can pretty much guarantee you, yourself that they're going to do it again, which is why, I, it's to me, it's only a matter of time before it circles back. It may be, you know, a son of COVID-19. I think it's convenient for them that they've you know, they've got the EUAs for the vaccines and they got the vaccines all spooled up. And, you know, they so they have that.
0: They They laid the groundwork.
1: Yeah. They laid all the
0: groundwork. They can revisit this at any time and they know that it worked.
1: Yeah. Now, I think also what's interesting, Scout, is that the regularity of the every other year election cycle as it pertains to the U.S., I think it's, it's an interesting overlay for how that might, uh interact with their timing their desired timing because something else that also really worked great was the absentee ballots to enable them to steal a vote and um which is why i think we're going to see the sun of COVID sooner or later because it's just it's too useful for them not to use and frankly they've de so much and everything's such a disaster under their leadership as it always is that um, I think they're going to have to play that card between now and November to recreate the panic, so that they can roll, they can return to massive uh, um, uh, absentee ballots that have no chain of custody, right? That and and this movie Two Thousand Mules that came out. I haven't seen it, but I've seen enough of it to know that um, it's just proof positive. It's just undeniable massive uh fraud the uh, corrupting the election system so so but yeah back to the core yeah. of your question um it's coming i i it was so crucial to me to equip people with everything i could get my hands on uh and really you know it's, we all we all have our personal you know uh faults and one of my faults that I try to turn to a strength as often as I can is being obsessive compulsive. And so I'm like a dog with a bone. I started to get a bone and I just can't let it go. And and I tried to apply that in a good way where, you know, for example, um, uh, you talked about comms. You know, I've got and And I was really when I sent you an advanced reader copy, Scott, I was a little little nervous because it's a little bit like sending your you know your life's work to a global expert on subject matter so when i sent you yeah. all the sections on comms and you know how to how to have a low profile and how to do stuff clandestinely you know it's i'm I'm glad to hear from you i didn't screw oh, the pooch
0: on uh no on that. no not at all well you know you you've been in class uh you've you've certainly digested and applied the knowledge and it's it's important for multiple voices, multiple viewpoints on it because I, you know we all have a a paradigm that we come from. You know, and mine the paradigm that that I approach communications from is is very different than what most people consider and what most people uh, are maybe even looking for. Uh, a lot of people are kind of, you know, they need they need a basic, just a primer. They need a, you know, OK, this is the nuts and bolts of this. And, you know, you knock that out of the park. Uh, and, and you know, I of course, I, you know, I offer that in class and, and I've talked about that uh, in detail and in, in other publications as well. But, you know, the important thing is to really drive home the purpose. Why, why are you doing all this? Because because of times of great tribulation because of of what we are being faced with
1: yeah and, uh, and and that's a good that's a good point i am no there are things i'm an expert on but most of them aren't relevant to this book but i know enough and i I've, i'm i'm dogged enough in my research to give people a star, a a a a, play, a starting place for you know whether it's uh making your even your cell phone a lot more effective for let's say rallying a mutual assistance team or whether it's you know some of the the introductory stuff on comms like if you're really looking to dig deep go study with scout if, if you want a a good head start consider you know nehemiah strong for that and and all the other stuff in is strong but back to finishing an answer on the COVID thing for you scout um A whole lot of the book is addressing the whole uh, multifaceted attack mode of uh, the COVID-19 or any future pandemic, frankly. So it's, you know, part of it is what kind of supplements could I possibly take that might enhance my uh, my um, immune system? Part of it is some intel on how deadly, uh, dangerous the vaccines are. Part of it is, um, for example, I, I, and this is another example, God laid some on my heart. I just, I had to get after it and, and, and fold it in was as a parent. And I know you're a parent too. What do you do to keep them from your, your children from being vaccinated in a school when you're not present? And, and, the realization that the UN, the WHO had geared up the b- bureaucratic superstructure to do that, where your kid, I mean, I heard about a case where a, a kid had been bribed with pizza and got vaccinated against his mother's wish in California. A, a piece of pizza got that He's kid vaccinated. Jesus. And so I spent a week or two um, coming up with uh, exposing the doctrine of um assent versus consent and where the, the 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 powers that be are presuming that you're okay with them getting a vaccination if they show up the day that they're being distributed and just to open your eyes that they're they're not fooling around they, they want shots in arms of your kids and they don't care if you like it or not uh, and then i crafted a little <laughs> legal uh ditty a little letter for folks to take as a template and, and send to the headmaster, send to the head of schools in the district, um, send to the, the, the head nurse or whoever's the medical, uh, head of the school, putting them on notice. Like I'm, I'm the boss, I'm in charge. You touch my kid and those there's hell to pay. So that's, that's one tiny little vertical. I mean, I've got 40, uh, no, well now I added one this weekend for the, uh, for the baby formula, but I've got 48 essential supplements and exhibits that are just the supplements part of the book uh, beyond the 14 sections of writing. But those are a few examples, you know, the comms, the um, the questionnaires for when somebody comes to your door knocking, you know, an unwelcome uh, public servant, you know, they get a three page survey where you get to basically read them the riot act very calmly and professionally. And then, if they're a, a healthcare provider, so-called, they get another four pages, and you get to hogtie them with. And, and look, if they if they don't if they don't assent to your conditions as expressed through these questionnaires, they can go pound sand down the street, right? Because it's your right. your kingdom. It's it's you're the king of your castle, and it's it's a tool by which you can assert your authority and and turn the tables on people who come with a hidden agenda.
0: That's right. You know, we do live in a free country still. You know, they they really don't like when they get challenged. Real real challenged. They don't they don't like that. But if you're able to do it properly and and I don't mean, you know, to the the goofy uh admiralty flag crowd out there that you know <laughs> those types no uh but i mean to the faithful to people that say look enough of this is enough okay you know we've all heard the pundits we're, we're gonna take america back and we're gonna do this we're gonna do, yeah okay there's there's we but it starts with you we as a collective Sure, we we will, but it starts with the individual. It starts with what you are doing now and saying, enough is enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not going along with this. You know, if, if this, all the fallout of this pandemic, if this pandemic was really that bad and people were actually dying in the streets, then they wouldn't need to bribe people with pizza to take a vaccine that is untested that it, that did not follow any guidelines, none whatsoever, none whatsoever in its approval processes. Okay, and there were multiple. And now we're finding out that they were that many of them were dangerous. There's going to be so many lawsuits that come out of all of this. It's is real world. Okay, I know the Google out there, and, you know that crowd is going to censor this podcast for that. You do what you're going to do. Okay, go on and do it. I I, I don't even care. You're gonna censor it, but you know that we're speaking the truth. You know that we're speaking the truth. You're gonna call it disinformation or whatever you want. Go ahead and do it. All right. Amen. Because that's and what they do. Something I would add to
1: that, Scout. It, this shot, this what would be better described as an experimental mutagenic injection. It is no vaccine. It's like if I went out to a hogmire and I slurped up some of their waste into a syringe, and I wrote vaccine on the side of it, that doesn't make that a vaccine. And, and so this experimental mutagenic injection violated 10 of 10 of the Nuremberg Code tenants. And in one of the exhibits, I couldn't help but, but include in the the back of the book was here's how it violates all ten. So if somebody comes yep. to your door with a vaccine, or frankly, the next one's just going to be the son of COVID. It's going to be it's going to be mutagenic. It's going to have it's going to have all the same bells and whistles, just with maybe a different label on it educate them, confront them, say, you know, do you believe in the Nuremberg Code? Are you, are you a Nazi? Do you, are you a fan of Mingala? Do you believe in what he did to the Jewish, you know, the twins, the little kids? No? Well, that's great, because let's now talk about the Nuremberg Code. Here is an article. This This describes how this is violating every single one of what's been uh, accepted international law for 75 years, codified by the U.S. Army in Nuremberg prosec- prosecuting the Nazis, they are rerunning on on a grand, on a global scale what the Nazis did on a micro scale in the camps, and it's pro- It's it's provable. It's it's undeniable.
0: Yep. No, they they absolutely are. I mean, and this is this is a, a hallmark of totalitarian government. This is a hallmark of when, when the people are no longer free, when they are now subservient to tyranny, run amok. We don't have free and fair elections. OK, we've been subjected to and castigated by uh, by by the tyranny of, quote unquote, so-called pseudoscience. Right. If the roles were reversed, if it was conservatives that were pushing these things, you would have already seen violence in the streets. But we have not, because for too long, the conservatives of the world, the faithful, they've they just sat by and well, you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna let it th- let things work itself out and we'll just vote harder in the next election. And this is all business as usual. Folks, I'm telling you, you better wake up. This isn't business as usual. Okay. the wall, the the wheels are falling off the wagon. The walls of Jericho are coming down. All right. We're seeing this. None of these things are normal. All right. None of these things are normal. We have a, a, a completely unchecked invasion of our southern border. The people who are coming in are coming in from all corners of the world. Who's bringing them there? Okay. we've got we've got a looming war that's about to go down based on a a question of a presidential election in Colombia that Russia and China have a vested interest in. They're going to overthrow one of our oldest allies in the world and our only foothold that we still have in South America as a partner in stability. They're going to upend everything there. And you're going to see chaos on our southern border. If you think it's bad now, you wait till that goes down. All of the people that we have seen coming across the border have come from Venezuela and Colombia thus far in the past seven days. Past seven days. All right. They're gearing up for something. And you've got the president of Venezuela saying, yeah, we're going to overthrow the United States. We're going to bring it down. We're going to topple the evil empire. He's quoted as saying that in the past couple of months. you got to take this stuff seriously. And what's a response from our own government? Literal incompetence incompetence at every corner so you know and, and yeah i'm angry i'm angry because we've, we've had no accountability and no leadership for two doggone long and it's on us it's on us now to stand up to rise up and that that first step is saying i'm not going to take this anymore i am not going to accept this anymore and you need to start doing something about it John, your book is it, just like with the story of Nehemiah of, of that that inspires the name of your book, and and, and inspired you was the impetus to write. We've got to have a return. We've we have got to have a return. The churches are are uh, you know the the in in many of the denominations out there, a lot of the ministers are going to part time mm. because. They don't have the, the you know, they they don't have the congregation that they once had. The congregation is dying off. It's aging out. we got to have a return, folks. America will be humbled, and we're about to be. And the answer is a return. The answer is just like what Nehemiah did. You have to rebuild. You have to rebuild. We have to rebuild this nation. And it's, it, it's not going to happen by people just sitting online or watching the TV or being entertained nonstop. You're going to have to get out there and do it. You're going to have to get out there and fight. John, how can people find your book?
1: They can go to johndislin.com, and that's J-O-H-N. And then D Y S L I N, which is Delta Yankee Sierra Lima India November dot com, John com, or uh, or Nehemiah Strong com if that's easier to remember, <laughs> although maybe it's hard to spell. But uh, John Dislin.com. and let me also mention Scout that for your listeners through the month of May. Uh, they can get a 10% discount on uh, buying the book, and also I'll, I'll sell. I, I'm selling uh, electronic essentials where you can get the 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 default things like questionnaires in the back electronically, so they're much more usable. Um, the discount for your listener Scout, is Scout One. That's the promo code, and that's 10% off through the month of May.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. Well, hey, hey, and and that's a surprise to me. I I think uh, that discount code, and I I really really appreciate that, and I'm so honored welcome. by that. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna be pushing that out to everybody because I think that this is a critical read. John, thank you for being on with us. Thank you for sharing your story and and all of the great work that you do with the Radio Contra audience. <laughs>
1: Thank you, brother. And hey, Godspeed. Psalm 91 blessings to all your listeners. And be strong and do exploits like Daniel prophesied 2,500 years ago. He was talking about you. The Hebrew for that is kazakh asah. So to all of you, I implore you, I encourage you, kazakh asah. Be strong and do exploits.
0: Amen, brother. And to everybody out there, do not let your heart be troubled, yet be inspired. Go out and do something great. Make your voice be heard. Make it count. God bless. This is NC Scout out.